So hi, Susan, thank you for your time. I, I'm Sonia Jean Kilbrew, and this is an oral history project, Black America and COVID. I started this podcast in Black History Month of February, 2022, because I wanted to provide a platform for Black Americans to share their stories about living or working or going to school or grocery shopping during the COVID-19 pandemic. And I also want to create a space for people to memorialize someone who's a Black American who sadly lost their life to COVID-19 or just during the pandemic. I was inspired by the work of anthropologist Zora Neale Hurston, who recorded the experiences of Black Americans in their own voices. And my goal is to get all my recordings into museums, such as the Smithsonian Museum of African American History and Culture. And I'll just share a little bit about me. I'm Black American. My dad was African American and Indigenous American. My mom is Jamaican American. I'm a fourth generation teacher. So my mom is a retired New York City teacher. My grandmother was a teacher in Jamaica for 20 years and then again for 20 years in New York City. And my great grandmother, who was half Irish, half Black Jamaican, she was a teacher in Jamaica up until she got married and it was not considered respectable for married women to work in the 1800s. And so she stopped teaching when she got married. And ironically, my mom started teaching after she got married in the late 1900s, I think the 1980s or 1990s. So without further ado, I'm excited to speak with Susan, who went to Clark Atlanta University with my twin sister. So please say your name, where you're from, where do you live now? Hi, Sonia. Thank you so much for having me. My name is Susan Higgins, and I'm originally from Rochester, New York. Went to college in Atlanta, like you said, with your twin sister, um, to Clark Atlanta, and then I actually ended up transferring to a smaller fashion school called Botter College um, in Atlanta, and then moved to New York City and started working for various companies, designing clothes, all of my 20s, and then probably at about 32-ish, I moved to Dallas. I was relocated by a company there that um, hired me to work for them. And um, funny enough, during the pandemic, whew, um, well, yeah, during the pandemic, I made some changes in that area as well as where I lived. I, prior to the pandemic, I had never really been super happy, um, living in Dallas. It, like, I just had never felt settled there. I never felt like this is home. I think maybe a big part of it was like, I didn't have any family there, you know, moving somewhere for a job, um, it's typically a place you don't really know anybody, you know, I'm thankful and blessed that I built up a really great network in Dallas. And I do at this point have like a great amount of friends there. I have friends that now are like family and treated me like family and continue to treat me like family holidays that I didn't go home, you know, invited me to come fellowship with them and their family. And I'm super thankful for those experiences but it's just something that's just like not the same with not having your family around, you know, your own blood. And um, so with that being said, one of the major changes that I made 
in the pandemic is I decided to get rid of my apartment after about July of 2021. I put all my stuff in storage and I started a nomad journey. And a big part of what inspired that is COVID and being isolated and being away from my family and my friends and not being able to create those experiences together that I'm accustomed to doing. Um, Like I said, I was living in Dallas by myself. Um, I'm not married. And, you know, yes, I have a lot of friends, but during COVID, we know we all had to isolate. So I was isolated solo dolo with no family and, you know, worried about my family, can't see them, can't go for holidays because you're so concerned that you're going to get somebody sick and you're going to bring it. And there was just so many unknowns going on at that time. You know, for me, I think it just like, it did cause a lot of anxiety um, first, um, just with all, like I said, all those unknowns, you know, we don't know how it's trans, how it's transported. When we know like how people are getting it. So it was just like very frustrating, a lot of anxiety. I felt, and I have you know, two autoimmune diseases. So I would be considered, um, you know, immune compromised in the situation. So of course I'm super worried about my health. Um, my friends are concerned and my family's concerned about my health. So no one really wants to come around me, of course, given the situation, you know, I'm concerned about going to even the grocery store to get my groceries because I'm immunocompromised. So it was a tough time. I think like within that first like month or so, um, I didn't go to the grocery store. I had um, a girlfriend so graciously um, drop off groceries for me, went grocery shopping for me and dropped off groceries for me. I think I went the first time I went and I stocked up probably that like week of lockdown, right around lockdown, right before lockdown around that 16th or 19th of March, I went and, you know, I had my mask, I had my gloves. Like I didn't need nobody telling me to put a mask on. So like I had all that stuff already prepared because my, my friend network and I, like we're, we were pretty in tune with what was going on in China before anything came over here. So we weren't, we weren't waiting around for anybody to tell us what to do. I had my mask and gloves and everything, went to the store, got, did what I had to do. But it was just like a little bit, you know, the whole like wearing gloves thing. It was a little bit frustrating. You're like, okay, you know, I got to do I take this gloves off to, you know, take my money out. Like it was just like, you know, getting down the whole like um, protocol of how to even utilize the gloves properly and the mask properly and don't touch your face with the gloves and this and all that stuff created more anxiety for me. And it just made me like, just not even want to go anywhere, like not even try to want to go anywhere because it was just like, this is just too much. I'd rather just, I'm cool just being in my house and chilling and not dealing with all of this and ordering the groceries. So like I said, I did it that first time when things first started. And then like two, three weeks later, one of my girlfriends went grocery shopping for me and dropped off groceries. And after that, I did more um, delivery more of the delivery groceries from there. And then, you know, a few months and once things started to open up a little bit more, you know, I was in Texas, so things did open up probably a little bit faster than other places um, in the country. So probably about like May, May-ish, I probably started going to the grocery store, you know, more for myself again, um, not doing so much delivery. 
But um, where I was going with a lot of what I was saying is it was the, what the hardest part for me in COVID was not being able to see family um, and close friends. I, I'm a very frequent traveler. So though I live in Dallas, I'm like always traveling to other cities to see family and friends, Atlanta, New York, and, you know, always bouncing around. Mom's in Florida. So I'm always bouncing around. So in that time where I had to kind of sit still and not see those people, that was really, really hard for me. You know, the Zoom thing was cool. I enjoyed doing like the Zoom parties. I did a lot of that. Um, I was appreciative of D-Nice and all of his quarantine um, DJing that was going on on IG Live that helped me out a lot. I definitely was dancing a lot during that time. Um, you know, I will say, though, yes, I felt isolated and I wanted to see and see and spend time with my family. I did enjoy um, being by myself. Like, I'm not really a person that feels like I have to always have people around me. So, like, the time for me was fine um, for the most part when I just stayed in my house. Like, the anxiety for me was just, like, around having to leave and be around other people and not knowing if I was about to get the Rona or like what was happening. So being in the house was a little bit more comforting for me um, than actually trying to go out and figure things out with the public. You know, I was living in a nice high rise with a view and was able to look at the sunset every night. And that kind of was my peace. Like being able to look at the sunset every night was my peace. Like that was my moment of the day. It was like, okay you know, another sunset. And so I found that to be just like wonderful. And I was like very thankful for those moments. And I was very thankful that I was in that apartment where I felt like great energy um, during that time, because I like the apartment I had prior to that, I moved because I didn't like the energy because it was making me depressed because it was a little bit too dark and like the view wasn't anything. And I was like, I, I need certain things to feel good every day or else I'm not going to feel motivated. I need to move. So that was a big reason why I got that place. And I'm glad that it happened during that time. Um, so kind of jumping around a little bit, um, leading up to Prior to the pandemic, prior to COVID, as I said, I have two autoimmune diseases. I have rheumatoid arthritis and um, ulcerative colitis. I was diagnosed with ulcerative colitis in 2009 and rheumatoid arthritis in 2016. And the way that rheumatoid arthritis um, has affected me is it has severely damaged both of my wrists. So I don't have any mobility in either one of my wrists. Um, and I have flare-up times. I also, it also affects my shoulders very much, like my neck. There's times when I can't, there's times when like I get locked up shoulders and can't lift up my arms. Like it gets a little bit intense and crazy. So with that being said, massage is a very important thing for my life and my condition. So um, I'm accustomed to getting massages just like to feel good because of my condition. And that was one thing that was super hard during COVID and having anxiety and not being able to get a massage. Um, luckily for me, I know a lot of self-massage techniques and there were times that I was flaring up during COVID and my arm was, <laughs> my shoulder was about to lock up 
and I couldn't lift up my arm and I had to get myself on the ground with my different self-massage tools and do what I had to do to work those knots out and open my shoulder back up. And some of those moments were some of the hardest times, um, but I got through them. And I'm thankful I was, I was able to get through them. I have the tools to be able to unlock my shoulders and do what I need to do. But with that being said, um, I went on medical leave from work about three or four months prior to the pandemic because I kept having all of these ridiculous flare ups with my wrist. And I was waking up with like incredibly swollen wrist um, and weak into the point where sometimes it'd be difficult to brush my teeth. It'd be difficult to get my hair ready in the morning. It'd be difficult to drive my car to work. Is I mean, I'm a fashion designer. Um, so I didn't like, ex I didn't ex exactly explain everything about myself in the beginning with the intro, but I've been a fashion designer um, for 20 years for many different companies. I also am a yoga teacher. I started teaching yoga in 2012. So I was working for a corporation in Dallas designing clothes. And of course, as a fashion designer, you need your hands. <laughs> you know, you have to draw. You have to use a computer all day. You have to use your hands like a lot of the job is using your hands. A lot of any job for the most part is using your hands. And, you know, waking up on days where I could barely brush my teeth and I needed to go put in a full day's work and do what I needed to do, it was just getting ridiculous. And so I decided I needed to just take a step back and focus on my health and try and get better and figure out like what's the right things for me? And is this what I need to be doing in my life? Or is there another career that I could be doing? And I just needed time to kind of heal and figure that stuff out. And so I went on medical leave before COVID. So by the time we went on lockdown, I was still on medical leave. And I still am at this moment, I'm on long-term disability. Thank God um, I paid into that plan with my, my job and was able to have that because um, <clears throat> It has been a blessing during this time, especially, you know, I honestly can't even imagine how things would have been had I not made that decision to go on disability during COVID. The company I was working for, I mean, what, a month in, a month after lockdown, furloughed so many people. Then you, a month after that, filed chapter 11. Then, you know, several months after that, laid off like a thousand people then sold the company, you know, was a public company now sold to another company. So it went through so many different changes that with my health condition and how stress affects these autoimmune diseases, I honestly can't imagine how things would have been for me and played out had I have been employed in working and having to worry about my job at that time. So me making that decision prior to COVID and then it kind of just playing out the way it did was really a divine timing kind of thing for me. And I'm so thankful and blessed at how that all played out. And so fast forward to, you know, going back to the, com the conversation of the nomad situation, because I hadn't quite finished that because I was kind of jumping around a little bit. Um, July of 2021 put everything in storage, got rid of my apartment and decided I am going on a nomad journey because like I said, I missed my people. And 
I'm like, well, I know things are starting to open back up a little bit and I want to see my people and I want to spend time with them. And what is the purpose in me spending all this money, you know, for this apartment in Dallas when I don't even want to be here right now? Like I'm ready to just go and explore and be with my people. So why don't I just go ahead, put my stuff in storage, do what I got to do in Rome and let the chips fall where they may. And so that's what I did. Packed up my car. I ended up deciding to pack up my car and do this because at first I was just going to like, I don't know, I was just like kind of exploring. Do I get rid of my car too? Like, what do I do? And so I ended up deciding, keep your car because a lot of the places that I plan to go, like I'm going to need a way to get around. At that point, like Uber has started to get really expensive. If we remember like during the pandemic, um, at a certain point, Uber was high. And I'm like, do I really want to pay for Uber in every city that I'm going to be in for real, for real. Like, do I really want that? Do I really want to have to buy a plane ticket to get everywhere I'm trying to go? Cause a lot of it was like East coast stuff, you know, and it's like a lot of that stuff's not really far from each other. So why don't I just keep my car, turn this thing into a road trip and, you know, make it more flexible for myself by doing that. And so that's what I did. And so last summer, I packed up my car and I went to Houston first, spent a couple days, maybe five nights um, with one of my girlfriends there, hung out. I'm vegan. So like one of my favorite things to do is go to like different vegan restaurants in different cities. So did that, met up with some friends and had a great time. From there, I went to New Orleans, um, ended up getting a really cute hotel, spent like a couple days there by myself. Again, exploring great vegan restaurants. Like I like, you know, I don't drink alcohol. I don't, I don't eat meat. So going to a city like New Orleans for someone like me is probably like, oh, you know, what am I going to do? But I make a city like New Orleans my own. I find yoga studios, you know, I find the best vegan restaurants and I just like make it my own. You know, I spend time at the pool, my hotel and go get a massage. Like I do it my way. And I had a great time. And then from there, I went to Atlanta, spent like a week there with friends and a guest room, um, had a great time, you know, hanging out with friends there. From there, went up to South Carolina, spent a few nights with a girlfriend there, went over to the beach um, near Charleston, didn't end up actually seeing Charleston. Like the whole plan was I wanted to see Charleston but I wanted to go to the beach also. So I went to a place called the Isle of the Palms and spent a beach day, had booked a hotel in Charleston, go, the thought process was go to the hotel, check in, get change clothes, then go to downtown Charleston, have dinner and like walk around. Girl, I get to the hotel. There's where all the rooms are booked. All these people are all there upset. They didn't oversold on all these apps and this, that, and the third. So I ended up going back to, um, I think it was Columbia, South Carolina, to my girlfriend's house where I stayed the nights prior. So ended up doing that. And then I went to North Carolina, spent like a night with a family member. Um, that was great. Spent like another night with some friends. Um, they have like little kids that are so cute. And then went and spent a couple nights with more family. So I was in North Carolina for maybe like a week and then made my way up to um, DC, Maryland area. I probably spent a night there, stopped and saw a friend, stayed in a hotel, um, found some cute vegan places to eat in Baltimore, which is really good. And you know, like that area 
is super popular for crab cakes. So I was trying to find the best vegan crab cakes I could in Baltimore. And that was dope. Um, from there, went to Philadelphia and stayed there for about a week. Um, a lot of my family lives in Philadelphia. So I was like super happy to be able to spend time and catch up with them. Um, especially, you know, after I had, you know, at this point, it's summer 2021. I haven't seen most of my family in 2020. So now I haven't seen most of my family probably in two, three years at this point. So it was just great being able to catch up with people and, you know, spend time with those that I love. It was like, you know, I have elder uncles and aunts that are aging and being able to spend time with them was wonderful. And that's really what drove this journey of deciding to nomad. And from there, I went to New York City, spent time in New York for a um, couple of days, which it was not enough. Um, note to self, I cannot go to New York for like less than five days. Like I have to be in New York for at least like two weeks. It's crazy to try to like see everyone um, and get through all the stuff I really want to do there. It's just like way overwhelming. Um, one hung out with some of my cousins in Jersey who I hadn't seen in years. And that was great. Checked on my apartment in Jersey City. Saw my tenant who I haven't seen in forever. So that was nice to catch up with her. And um, then made my way actually back to Philly. Parked my car at my aunt's house, got in the plane and went to Costa Rica um, for one of my girlfriend's 40th. Stayed in this like amazing, ridiculous house. Like the most amazing place I've probably ever stayed in my life. Um, did that for like a week. I was not ready to go. And I ended up extending my stay and I found this vegan hotel, all vegan hotel in that town called Mother Earth Vegan. And I went and stayed there for like maybe four or five nights by myself and just got my life and found my peace. Because one thing I will say that I learned on that trip was uh, group trips are not that peaceful. Like a lot of times being on group trips, you are going to do all these activities and every day it's a thing and it's a party and it's a this and a that. It's not a lot of just like relaxing and lounging and that pool time, and that beach time, doing nothing that I kind of need on vacation. So that was a big part of why I extended my stay um, because I just didn't feel like I got the, reju the rejuvenation that I needed out of a vacation. And I'm glad I did that. So um, yeah, so... From there, I ended up going back to Philly, got my car and went, ended up in my hometown, Rochester, New York. And um, again, like I hadn't been home in two years at that point. I haven't seen my best friends. I haven't seen, I didn't see my father who lives there, my sister, a lot of nieces and nephews, cousins, aunts, uncles, like plethora of my family is there. And so um, it was great to be there and to start seeing everyone. But what I didn't realize by the time I got there is I actually was really sick. And um, because, so the ulcerative colitis, as I said, I had two um, autoimmune diseases and the ulcerative colitis had to start flaring up probably about June of 2020. Um, not exactly sure why, you know, it's like, it could have been this one medicine I had just recently started, could have been stress, like could have been this, could have been that, I'm not really sure. Anyway, like throughout the rest of 2020, it was up and down by like September, 2020, it kind of, got a little bit better and like stopped and like chilled out. Then by like November, it picked up again. I think Thanksgiving night actually it like triggered and like freaked out. And from there I had like a major flare up for the rest of 2020. And then um, 
the beginning of 2021 was like awful because it just continued. And um, that whole spring like of 2021 was just like awful. Um, it started to get a little bit better, maybe around like April, May, um, June. And then by July, it just seemed like it started to go backwards again. So by the time September got around, it ha- it was doing really, really bad. And I ended up um, in the hospital in ER in Rochester, New York. Um, my digestive system was shutting down. It came to the point where I literally was not absorbing any food. I lost a substantial amount of weight. Um, at one point I lost like 11 pounds in two weeks. Um, I definitely lost at least 20 pounds from the time I left Dallas to start the nomad journey in July until this point in early September, I was at least 20 pounds down. And when you're under 150, losing 20 pounds, isn't really, um, a good thing. Actually, yeah, I think I was down. I got to the point where I was down almost. I probably was down 30 pounds because I left Dallas probably like 148. And by the time I ended up in the hospital, I was somewhere around like 128, 127. Um, and I hadn't been that side since like college. So things have started to get a little bit crazy. I ended up hospitalized for like 18 days um, in September of 2021. Those doctors, God bless them, turned things around and start to get my colon operating back to where it needed to. And I was able to get released from the hospital um, and thought everything was cool. Well, the shady thing is during that time that I was in the hospital, those doctors were treating me as if I was a diabetic because I was on steroids, which increases your blood sugar. So they were checking my blood sugar, giving me insulin, doing all of that kind of like diabetes management because of this medicine. But once I got out of the hospital, they didn't continue. Like they didn't give me anything to continue checking my blood sugar. And so in October, I ended up going into something called DKA, diabetic ketosis, and basically like ended up unconscious. My blood sugar was like super high and I had to go back to the hospital again. And um, this time it was more about treating this whole blood sugar situation And I was in there that time for probably like a week. Um, And so with all that being said, I ended up staying in Rochester a lot longer than expected. Like I like planned on leaving there by like September 14th, but I was in the hospital the first time. And so then once this situation happened, not only did I end up in the hospital unconscious, I also had nerve damage. So I had neuropathy in both of my feet and couldn't walk. So when I left the hospital, I left in a walker. They're using a walker and with these like orthopedic boots to try to help me learn how to walk again. And so I ended up, when I went to Rochester, I was staying with my best friends in her guest room. But when I came out of the hospital, that second time I ended up going to stay with one of my cousins, um, mainly because like I needed a lot of help. Like, I needed people to help take care of me. My mom actually drove up from Florida to take care of me and like we stayed at my cousin's and she had a one floor apartment so it wasn't like I didn't have to go up and down stairs to go to the bathroom or like anything like that or go to the kitchen so it was just a much better situation for the fact that I couldn't walk um so I ended up staying in Rochester the duration of 2021 at my cousin's and the end of January 2021 2022 um I decided to come to Florida 
to my mom's. And so I've been here in Florida at my mom's since about February now. And so now I'm feeling this whole Florida vibe. I'm loving like waking up and waking up to sunshine and palm trees. And I'm planning on relocating to somewhere in Florida. Perhaps it's going to be Tampa because it's not far from my mom, but that's where I am now. Um, and to kind of go back to a little bit more about my experience in um, COVID, I kind of jumped around again. <laughs> um, like, like those first few months, probably until like May, it was, I was just pretty much in the house, you know, texting and zooming and doing everything like that to communicate with the, my friends and whatnot. I was learning a lot of things. I was taking some courses and just trying to do things to learn and like better myself and, you know, see where I want to take my career or business or like what I wanted to do during that time or with what I wanted to use that time very productively is what I was trying to do. And, um, you know, early on, I kept up with like every single thing in the news. I had like some website I was looking at every day, looking at the numbers, how many people had been infected and how many people had died and how many houses. And, like I was on top of every statistic possible. And then it came to a point where it started to get so many people every day. Like it was just like the ratios every day was like increase, increase, increase. It just got to the point where it was like getting too exhausting for me um, and causing me too much anxiety. And at that point, I decided I had to turn off the CNN. I had to stop looking at that app. And I had to kind of disconnect a little bit because it was causing me just way, way too much anxiety. Um, and so by the time probably May came, I had a very small group of friends where I had like probably two different sets of friends where we all trusted each other to be safe and knew each other were doing. And I would go do things with them. So like one group of women, we would go hang out in each other's backyard. You know, several of them had houses. I, I lived in a building. So we would, I would go to their houses. We'd stay in the backyard. We'd order take in, you know, order takeout or somebody would cook and literally would not go in each other's house. Like, unless we'd go to the bathroom or something. And would sit around and just like chit chat in the backyard to try to make sure that everybody was safe. And so did that for a lot of that summer of 2020. So a lot of backyard circles with, you know, groups of girlfriends. Then I had another group of girls friends that we also, I communicated them like every day and I knew they were all safe. We would go to one of my girlfriend's house. She had a nice pool in the backyard and we would just, you know, kind of do our thing over there and just hang out. And I had these couple little like circles of safe havens where I felt safe. Um, and thank goodness it was none of us ever caught it or anything like that during those times. And we all were safe and healthy. And so um, that was a major part of what helped me get through things. Like I'm so thankful that I did and do have those circle of friends and those circle of safeties nets um, there in Dallas, because like I said, not being able to see my family was tough. You know, that Thanksgiving of 2021, 
um, one of my girlfriends in Dallas invited me to come over for Thanksgiving. And she turned on her heated pool and we hung out in the pool. But I couldn't go see family. I wanted to go see my dad, but that, you know, I didn't want to get him infected. And then Christmas came around. And again, same thing, you know, it was such a surge. And I just was so scared with older parents that I'd be the one to get in the plane and bring it to them. And so I just sat out all of those holidays and stayed um, there in Dallas and just hung out with my friends. And that's mainly how things went. I did launch a podcast during um, 2020. And so I think like maybe September of 2020, I launched my podcast called Runway to Reiki. Um, I took a break from it. I think my last episode was like December, 2020. And that was around that time when I said that I went back into that really bad ulcerative colitis flare up and then going into 2022, having that same flare up. And then, um, in just December between December and January, 2022, I had a lot of death and loss, um, in my life and it all just was too much. And I hadn't got back to podcasting. And then obviously fast forward, you know, to being in the hospital and all that. So I am actually looking forward to getting back to my podcast this year. Um, as I'm feeling more healthy, I miss podcasting. And that was one of the things that was a happy moment for me, creating that podcast during the pandemic. Um, and when I said I had a lot of death in 2020, I guess it was 2020 Christmas time, 2020, 2020 December going into 2021 um, was nuts. So um, I lost probably like four or five people just like in December. It was like crazy. And my uncles and not all COVID related, maybe only like one during that time COVID related um, that I know of. Um. But yeah, it was a it was a bizarre time. So it was just like a lot of grief and I was sick. So it was just it was a lot. Um, I didn't say earlier on, I know one of the questions is, do you identify as black or black American? I do identify as a black American woman. My family roots are in the South, North Carolina. Both of my parents were born and raised in North Carolina. So I definitely identify as um, a Black American. Um, I think I've told you about my experience living during COVID. Um, again, I personally did not lose um, a lot of people to COVID in my life, thankfully. Um, thankfully, a lot of my family did get it. A lot of my friends got it. I didn't get it until probably the end of 2021. Um, but everyone that I know that got it for the most part made it through, except for my one of my cousins, um, baby's father. He had like one of the father of one of my cousin's two children. Um, his name was Corey, and he passed hmm, about a year ago now, because it was spring almost a year, maybe it was spring of 2021. Um, Corey passed. He is the father of two of my little cousins. 
And not only did he pass, but several other of his family members passed around that same time um, due to COVID complications. It, I guess it ended up being some kind of like, I don't know, mass thing. What do you call those things? Super spreader family event type of things where, you know, they had something going on with the family and like so many people got it and so many people were in the hospital at the same time. And um, several of them did not make it. So um, I would like to memorialize my cousin, two cousins, father, Corey um, Tankersley and um, his family members that were lost, sadly, um, due to COVID during that time from Rochester, New York. Um, uh, is there anything else you want to ask me? I don't know. I said a lot. <laughs> that was amazing. You, I remember your podcast and you're a natural speaker. So I, I was, I just love listening to you. Thank you. That was amazing. Oh, wow. You're so welcome. Yeah. Thank you so much. This was great. Um, wow. And there's been a lot going on these past two years. I'm like, what? Today is what the 20th and it's been a little bit over two years since we first went into lockdown. It's unbelievable. Wow. It's crazy. Like my birthday was probably like two weeks before lockdown. And I remember I was in LA for my birthday. And that was when things first kind of started to get quite like a little bit, like somebody, a couple of people had got it in Cali and Trump started talking about it on the news. And of course he's downplaying it. I remember like watching the news, like this is getting a little crazy. And two weeks later, who knew? No more movement. Oh, wow. Thank you, Susan. And ideally, there'll be an exhibit at the Smithsonian, and we can all talk. Oh, my goodness. I cannot wait. That sounds like it's going to be amazing. That's that's my goal. So I'm putting it out to the universe. Um, Yes, girl, manifest it. I love it. That's all you can do. Thank you. So I'll just close and say thank you, Susan, so much. You're for your so welcome. Time. And please give your mother and sister my love. I will. All right. Um, and so and thank you so much for thinking about me. Yeah. I, when I saw your travels and just your Insta stories in the hospital, I thought, oh, my goodness. Like, I was praying for you. And I'm glad that you're. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. I needed all those prayers that I got. I really, really did. It was definitely um, a crazy experience. Thank you for listening to Black America and COVID, an oral history project with Sonia Jean Killebrew. Thank you.